The coronavirus is far worse than we thought. Good morning, everyone. I'm Chris Martinson with your coronavirus update. It's February 9th, 2020. I took yesterday off, and uh, boy, the data's really stacked up, so I've got some very important things to cover with you here, including the idea that coronavirus may be spreading by aerosolization. I will talk with you about what that means in a second, because it's a very important concept. Half of secondary virus infections occur in the incubation period. We have to talk about how infectious this is now. A lot of data has come out. Uh, This is really critical to talk about. So this is from a a Japanese study. At least one of every two instances of human-to-human transmission of the new coronavirus is believed to occur while the patient is not yet showing symptoms, according to an estimate by a group of Japanese university researchers. So that's one of every two instances, half of all human-to-human transmission. So half of what's happening is when people have the symptoms, you've got the cough, you've got the fever, you've got uh, all the usual things that would go with this. Half are occurring when people are asymptomatic. So if the WHO wants to come out with useful information, this would be the stuff that they would be bringing out in their press conferences, not the fact that there are trolls and conspiracy theories running around. It's that half the time when people are transmitting this, they're doing it in an asymptomatic phase. That's really critical information here that needs to be addressed. And it, of course, this has huge impacts on travel and what were, you know, how many people were allowing to still fly on planes and how you would actually control this disease. If you want to control this, you have to get the R naught, its transmissibility to less than one, meaning that while somebody has it, they transfer it to less than one other person on average. That's the only way to control an epidemic like this, or you have to let it burn through the population entirely. So, um, this is really important because the average period of incubation for the coronavirus is thought to be about five days. So what happens during those five days after you've caught it and you are walking around is you're transmitting it to people um, and uh, your family members, uh, other people in the public. So um, the findings suggest it's difficult to contain the illness simply by isolation. So that's code speak for you can't just take a person who's sick and isolate them. You have to take people who are not sick yet but who may have been exposed, and they've also got to be um, uh, contained. And that's why you're seeing the kinds of things you're seeing in China, where people are being dragged from their homes, locked in their homes, put into isolation uh, wards, because China knows, and whether we think this is draconian or not, honestly, the only way to prevent a disease like this from spreading is you have to contain not just the infected people, but the potentially infected people who you can't know if they're infective or not because they're asymptomatic. So that says we need to put more emphasis on prevention of infection for people with high risk, of course, but it's just everybody. As well, there's a study came out that showed that in 40 staff were infected in a single Wuhan hospital. Uh, and the healthcare workers, of course, are using the, the very best, the very latest sorts of, of personal protection equipment and of course, they get tired and they're human and mistakes happen and all of that. But these were the people who were frontline, who were doing their very best not to get infected. And they still did anyway. So this really underscores the risks to those at the front lines of the growing epidemic. But it also underscores just how virulent this thing is, supporting the idea of a very, very high r naught, the ability to transfer this disease when you've got it to somebody else is uh, really high. So um, and including one patient who had surgery performed, and it was uh, this is early on in the whole whole case before that. I think the healthcare workers were really 
uh, fully conversant in just how bad this thing was, but uh, went into surgery, had the disease, and uh, then infected 10 healthcare workers. Um, so that a very, very tragic case there. All right. Um, direct contact. So we saw direct contact with that person who was in surgery, gave it to 10 other hospital workers who were performing that surgery or otherwise attending to that patient. Here's a case that we just heard about, uh, came out this morning about a Hong Kong family feared infected after sharing a hot pot meal. So nine members of a Hong Kong family feared to have been infected with the coronavirus after sharing a hot pot meal over the Lunar New Year holiday. So um, this says direct contact, of course, very, very uh, virulent. This is something if you're going to be at touching in what are called fomites, which are uh, virus um, in, contained in droplets or particles, uh, mucus, anything that's on a surface, those fomites, very bad. Sharing a hot pot, obviously a very good way to infect everybody. Um, all of which is uh, now we have to start looking at not just in the United uh, sorry, not just in China, but all over the world, we're starting to see these reports here in the United States. The military is preparing quarantine centers, uh, U.S. Pentagon says. And this is from February 7th. This is still, let me just be clear. Um, yes, 11 military bases are uh, performing and setting things up near the airports in the United States. But each of these bases is going to be housing up to 20 patients. So these aren't the mass facilities we're seeing in China yet, but you have to understand the military is preparing this. But these are also tertiary locations, and HHS already has primary and secondary locations identified that are not DOD facilities. So I don't have a lot of information. I don't have any information on what those primary, secondary locations are, but here we know about these uh, tertiary locations. So here's where we have to get to why I open this by saying it's worse than we thought. And this has to be confirmed, um, but this is new information that came out yesterday. And it's that the Chinese officials warn of aerosol infection as coronavirus continues to spread. Aerosol infection. This is a really important concept here right now. There's three ways that a, a virus can uh, be transferred. One, direct contact we talked about. Fomites, direct contact with um, surfaces that have blobs of, of uh, infected material on there. Two is by droplets. And we talked about this in the very first video I put out. So this is a, a concept I want to just reinforce. Droplets are, are fairly large particles, but you know that's why they say stay one to two meters away from an infected person. These droplets fall out of the air relatively quickly. But aerosols are little, little tiny, very, very tiny droplets in the air where uh, this stuff can transmit over a very long range. So um, Chinese health officials have identified aerosols as one of the transmission routes. And so this is a really important concept. One of the pieces of this is that measles, which has a, this crazy R0 of like 18, uh, it's just crazy infective, uh, is uh, spread through aerosols. So this begins to explain some of what we're seeing. So you may have seen pictures like this, right? You see these fog machines, these misting machines, these trucks driving up and down the city streets spraying something. We don't know. Maybe it's just uh, water, but maybe it's water mixed with Clorox bleach. We don't know. We see these fog machines over here like this guy. So this is clearly a reaction that you would have if you were worried that you were having aerosol transmission of a virus uh, like, like it seems to be the case now as well. This virus looks to be extremely hardy. To, uh, this is continuing on that excellent article from the Epoch Times, uh, which we just uh, started with above. 
Depending on the environment, current scientific data suggests the coronavirus can survive on surfaces for up to several hours, but up to five days. Um, and they found some uh, traces uh, of this uh, uh, nucleic acids of the genetic uh, combination for this virus on a patient's doorknob. So, so they're worried about that. So what do you do with information like this? Uh, so right now, the question is, well, how, how, would you, how would you decontaminate and what could you do uh, around this? So right now, thinking that it maybe spreads via droplets, uh, you want to, you know, obviously wash your hands, hand sanitizer, do things like that. Uh, this is a study that reviewed the literature on all available information about the persistence of human and veterinary coronaviruses. So this is ones we know about. We're going to hope that this coronavirus operates the same because guess what? This is controllable. They're looking at inanimate surfaces as well as uh, inactivation strategies with biocidal agents. So they did all these different studies and they looked at things. And so information I want to uh, relate to you here is this. Um, human coronaviruses can persist on inanimate surfaces like metal, glass, or plastic for up to nine days, but can efficiently be inactivated by surface disinfection with 62 to 71% ethanol. So that would be 140 proof alcohol, but that's kind of expensive. 0.5% hydrogen peroxide, useful, or 0.1% sodium hypochlorite within a minute. So I've heard some false information out there that this stuff will survive bleach, and that's what sodium hypochlorite is. It's bleach, 0.1%. So you don't have to use straight out of the jug you know, 12.5% bleach, or just look at what the, the, if it comes in different strengths. So look at what your bleach is coming in, and you're just going to spray and wipe down surfaces, doorknobs, places like that. That's standard bleach. Here's some sodium hypochlorite, but it could also be stuff you bought for your pool. It's pool disinfectant. You don't, doesn't have to be bleach or Clorox. You're looking for sodium hypochlorite. Here you see it's coming in 12.5% solution. So you would mix that all the way back to half percent. And that's what they're, they're mentioning there. So uh, that would be part of a disinfection strategy. We're getting terrible information. Look at this. Look at this from Bloomberg. As recently as February 5th, how to avoid coronavirus on flights. Forget masks, says top airline doctor. Forget masks and rubber gloves, this person says. The best way to avoid the coronavirus is frequent hand washing, according to a medical advisor to the world's airlines. Oh, I think we just found a conflict of interest. You want to know what the best way to avoid the coronavirus is on flights is you don't take the flight. Obviously, that should be like obvious that that's number one. But number two, I disagree with this because if you are wearing a mask or wearing gloves, that will remind you not to touch your face. That has a very strong inhibitory um, thing when you remember because touching your face is really hard to remember not to do as well look at the advice this person is handing out the virus can't survive long on seats or armrests well is nine days a long time is hours a long time of course it is you know how it is you get off the plane they turn it around 15 minutes it's in the air again so um this advice is just terrible advice i believe just really awful so we got a review here look this isn't the flu it's got a super high, very serious complication rate of up to 20%, at least in certain uh, races at this point in time. It seems to be hitting Asians harder than Caucasians. We don't know why yet. Maybe that'll change. We don't know. But for uh, areas where it's hitting, the complication rate is ridiculously high. That sets it very far apart from regular flu. And much more deadly overall, 10x more deadly, at least 
maybe uh, order of magnitude higher than that. Super high R naught, way over two, maybe as high as four, but if it aerosolizes, maybe it's as high as measles. We don't know yet. It's still a lot of information uh, that'll settle on that, but what we can tell you is that this is far more infective uh, than the regular flu. And it spreads asymptomatically. That's the really bad part of this story, of course. Spreads via droplets and fomites, we know that, but maybe and aerosols. Ugh. You know, I just, I'm not going to um, decode that last part I put in there. Long incubation period, it means those with it are walking about. And the big piece here is there's no natural immunity in the herd. Not on the herd. I mistyped that. In the herd. We don't, there's no fire breaks here. This makes it very different from the flu. Nobody's been exposed to this before. So right now there are people in China who have been exposed, who've gotten better. They're starting to develop that first herd immunity, but we don't have any until we have this uh, uh, disease sweep around the world once. And there is no vaccine available. So that means there's no prior vaccines to work from, right? It's like, you know how they do this every year with the flu vaccine. They know how to recon reconfigure it. Um, we've had the, you know, the regular flu vaccines year after year. They try and isolate the new strains they think are going to be the big ones, recombine that into a flu vaccine, get that out there, hope they got it right. But we don't have one to work with for coronavirus. So we're not going to have one on this. So this is why it's not like the flu. A lot of reasons. And of course, uh, the who wants you to think that trolls and conspiracy theorists are the biggest problem here. And your media wants you to think that um, it's just like the flu in too many cases still. So my conclusions here today, which went longer than normal, but uh, I felt it was very important to cover the transmissive aspects of this. First, China's reactions in building the hospitals tell you this is a really nasty virus. The fact that they are quarantining and putting new major cities in lockdown at enormous economic risk and expense tells you how much they fear this and they have the actual data which they've not been sharing with us the only way to actually drop the r naught below one which is how you stop this thing and, and halt the pandemic is to do exactly what china is doing as draconian as it looks you have to not only isolate the infected but the possibly infective and hope for the and hope that you got them and there is no stopping something this infective without breaking that transmission chain period so that's what they're doing, and that's what they have to do. Every single government media outlet telling you to continue flying, not wear masks, don't wear gloves, think of this as the flu, is actually working to limit the economic damage from this, not working to prevent uh, the health impacts of this. The WHO is actually doing the world and the health a huge disservice here. I think they're working hard to destroy uh, some of the last vestiges of faith in institutions right here. Welcome to the fourth turning. If you don't know what that, mean, what that means, you really should. The fourth turning is marked principally by loss of faith in institutions, and that can lead uh, to some dark periods in human history, according to the work of Strauss and Howe. I've done uh, a couple of podcasts with, uh, with uh, Neil Howe on that. So please take a look at, at that if you don't understand what that is. That's my update for today. I know it went long. Thank you for listening. And guys, many of you have heard about the new coronavirus that's coming out of China, uh, out of the Wuhan city specifically. Now, one of the big things about the coronavirus is it is a virus, and so antibiotics don't treat it. Uh, there is a two-week period where it can be an incubation period 
before symptoms start to show. And yet, people can be contagious. So that's one of the dangers of this virus, is people are walking around thinking they're fine when they're actually spreading the virus. Uh, it does attack the lungs, and so it enters into the mouth, the nose, and the eyes. And that's one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of people with masks on right now, but they're not covering their eyes. One of the problems with the mask is that they're not really that uh, effective. Uh, there's a lot of breathing areas on the side where things can get in. Uh, but one of the big things about wearing a mask, and it should be at least an N95 respiratory mask, uh, and then a lot of people are doubling up with a secondary mask that's disposable, is that it keeps your hands from touching the virus and then putting it to your mouth, your nose, and your eyes. And so that's one of the big things that is great about having the mask. Uh, but yet it can penetrate through the sides. Now the coronavirus is not necessarily an airborne virus. Uh, it typically falls quickly to the ground or to other surfaces. The virus actually lives for up to five days on a surface. Uh, whether it's on the floor, whether it's on a table, uh, it could be on a guardrail or handrail, it could be in a bathroom, it could be anywhere. And so making sure that you keep your hands washed because what happens is people will touch that area that's infected again up to five days and then they'll put their hands up to their mouth or their nose or they'll rub their eyes and that's the way that they're getting this virus into their body. Now the symptoms of the virus are a cough, a fever, a lot of sneezing and then you go into shortness of breath and once that happens you definitely need to seek medical attention uh, but then it goes into pneumonia and then from pneumonia it goes into kidney failure and then from kidney failure to death. While China has identified this as a level one medical emergency, uh, the World Health Organization has not yet deemed this an emergency. And with that, there would be a lot of steps that would be taken uh, to keep these people in closed borders and do more heavy screening uh, with people coming into different countries. Now, since there are no antibiotics that will treat a virus, uh, they're trying to develop a vaccination. Uh, it's gonna be at least three months before they can test it, and then it could be up to a year before they have a vaccination. SARS and MERS, which are also coronaviruses, have yet to have a vaccine. The way they're treating this is to treat the symptoms. Uh, if you are infected with the virus, uh, you know, if they need to treat you, they'll give you fluids, they'll take care of, uh, you know, your fever management, uh, they could possibly give you different types of medication, oxygen, and mainly just monitor what's going on because they're wanting for your immune system to fight the disease or fight this virus. And that's the big thing. And a strong immune system should be able to take care of this virus without bad effects. So to keep this though into perspective, the flu kills tens of thousands of people every year here in the U.S. And so really while you know we want to keep our eye on it, we want to be somewhat concerned, uh, at this point right now, it's not as big as it could possibly be. But the big thing about this video is to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and that you have supplies needed if it does spread to the U.S. Now, unfortunately, supplies are running out in China, uh, medical supplies, also their respirator mask. Uh, one thing that I would recommend is the N95 respirator mask, uh, but one of the problems is even that needs to be fitted to your face. Uh, my wife's an RN and she had a, an N95 and they came in and fit that so it would keep away any kind of contaminants that would come in and come out. And so whether you're infected with the virus or you're trying to protect yourself against the virus, uh, really having a mask that fits really well is important. Unfortunately, it is the Lunar New Year for China, and it's one of the busiest traveling times there. 
Uh, so millions of people are moving back and forth, but now a lot of cities have closed down, so schools are closed, and really the, the cities look like ghost towns. What's really unfortunate is the test that they're using that's a very fast test, uh, they're running out of it as well. Uh, you know, keep your hands, don't, if you touch an area, if you touch something, make sure that you don't put your hands up to your face, your nose, and your eyes. Now, one of the big problems that I'm seeing in China is they're having their face mask, but they're not having anything to protect their eyes. One of the things about the coronavirus is that it comes from droplets of moisture that come out of a patient or, or somebody that has the virus. And so this actually goes in, it attacks the lungs in particular. And so you want to keep yourself protected in that area. And honestly, you want to keep your eyes covered as well. Uh, another thing to do is to keep away from humans, other humans. Uh, that's a very important thing. And if you are traveling or have traveled from China is to make sure you let everyone know that you need to take care of yourself for those two weeks to make sure that your symptoms don't start and that you have the virus. If you do have it, you need to go and seek a medical attention as soon as possible and let them know that you think that that may be a possibility. Also guys, if you have beards or mustaches, it's best to go ahead and shave those off and that way the mask will fit properly to your face. Now there are a lot of different, even better masks. There are acrylic fronts on masks. Those would actually be better or even full gas mask or respirators. And so that would definitely give you more protection. Uh, but you know, it does go into an extreme measure when you start doing those kind of things. Wearing surgical gloves would also be good if you're out in public. And so one of the problems is, is a lot of people, they have to get supplies, they have to get out of the house. And if you do, you need to make sure that you're well protected. Now supplies that you might need on hand, food is a big one. Uh, a lot of people in China now are quarantined to their living quarters. Uh, they have to stay at their home or their apartments or whatever for at least two weeks. And so make sure that you have plenty of food, make sure your water supply is good. Uh, make sure you have toilet paper, which is a big one. Also having bleach, ethyl alcohol, which is 70% alcohol, really works well. Having wet wipes, uh, you know, hand sanitizers, keeping yourself clean. Because again, if someone coughs or sneezes and they have the virus, it can live up to five days on a surface. So if you put your hands on that surface and then reach up and touch your mouth, you can possibly contract the virus. You'll also want to have basic medications and also definitely have the N95 mask and actually something that would even cover it and give yourself some cover. Uh, gloves, again, would be also something, especially the, just the clear or nitrile gloves or different type medical gloves to be able to wear. So guys, we don't know what's really gonna happen with this coronavirus. We're gonna watch and see. But again, guys, just having these things set aside, ready to take care of them, will put you way ahead in case there is some kind of epidemic or pandemic in your area. And if things get worse, we'll do an updated video as well. Guys, if you're serious about prepping and survival, check out Survival Dispatch Insider, one of the best resources on the web using many of the top names in the survival world. Uh, we upload one video exclusive to the Insider every week. I'll have a link down below in the description. Check it out. Be strong. Be of good courage. God bless America. Long live the Republic.